welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not a substitute for therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or share your progress, email me at homecomingpodcast at gmail.com. Also, after you listen, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. Here we are together again on this homecoming journey, and I am so grateful that you are walking this out with us, your co-journers. And so today's topic is, and it came as a recommendation or a request from one of you, is stop comparing yourself. That's what we want to do as we journey home is release this tendency, this push to compare ourselves to other people or to compare ourselves to our prior self or to compare ourselves to our ideal self. So we get caught up in this comparison, which is already a trap because each of us are individuals and each of us are on a unique journey. We did not start in the same place situationally or emotionally, financially. We didn't start in the same place and we have not had the same mountains, valleys, turns in the road and we do not carry the same baggage. We were not given the same baggage to start with or as we walked along. And so this tendency toward constant comparison is a trap that pulls us into insecurity, that pulls us into envy and jealousy, that pulls us into resentment, and that pulls us into shame, shame and judgment about ourselves and about where we are in the journey. If we are honest with ourselves on this homecoming, how many times have we faced detours on the journey home to ourselves by trying to be something we are not? And what often pulls us into these false selves is basing our lives and our decisions off of other people. We often talk with children and teenagers about this notion of peer pressure, and we act as if that concept ends when we get out of our teen years. But the reality is, even as adults, we continue to deal with peer pressure, and a part of that is not just the pressure that other people put on us, but also the pressure that we put on ourselves based on our comparisons of where other people are. And I invite you on today to think about what are the ways you find yourself comparing yourself to others in your current reality. Is it your siblings? Is it your partner? Is it celebrities? Is it people on social media? Is it someone from high school and you keep looking back to where they are and looking at where you are? And what does it serve, right? Whenever we are engaging in an activity, even if it is a mental activity, we want to think about what has created it and what is sustaining it. 
what do I gain from this and what does it cost me? So in terms of where it started, many of us grew up in circumstances where you were compared verbally, directly, or indirectly with other people. And people will make comments about, you know, who is the pretty one? Or who is the smart one? Or who is the kind one? Or who do people uh, believe is going to be successful? Or who is the popular one? And we not only get that as a child from other children, but even the adults in our lives have played into it, knowingly or unknowingly, that they treat certain grandchildren differently than others, treat different children differently than others, teachers respond differently to the kids in the classroom. And so when you find yourself constantly in that comparison mode to not judge yourself too harshly that uh, this is not a creation of your own mind, right? It is a reality that people make determinations about people and then treat them differently based on these different categories that they have deemed to be important or valuable. What your last name is, what family you come from, what side of town you live on, how much your family makes or doesn't make, what you look like. When we talk about sizeism, when we talk about colorism, all of these things have planted seeds in our minds. And so now here you are at 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, some of you 70, and still operating out of those parameters of constant comparison. So we did not create it. And we also know that um, we have been treated differently based on these various criteria right? People responded to you differently based on where they felt you ranked. And depending on where you grew up and the timing you grew up, you may have even experienced classrooms that were ranked. So you had the gifted and talented, and then you had the regular track, and then you had those with special needs. And now people have argued more for inclusive classrooms, but even in our educational system, we get these messages about worth, worthiness and value. So you did not create it, but what keeps you doing it, right? What keeps us buying into it is sometimes we cannot even get clarity about our gaze, our perception, because we're constantly thinking about what everybody else thinks, right? I had a client who said to me, well, what does it matter if I convince myself I'm beautiful if the world doesn't agree? Right. So if I continue to make my belief and my thought marginal because everybody else may not agree with me, then it keeps me locked in for my gaze to be determined by those around me. And so then the ways in which I value myself becomes determined by what larger society or what my family says or what false friends say that my supervisor says. And so it keeps us putting our self-esteem and self-value in what I call shaky hands, 
shaky hands. They are not dependable or reliable. You even see this in the realm of celebrities where one minute they're celebrated, then they post something or do something and then they're despised, right? So if I put my esteem and my worth in shaky hands, it's going to be a constant roller coaster of when someone gives me a compliment, then it means I am great. If someone withholds affection or gives me a critique, then I am devastated. And I live my life on this up and down roller coaster because there is no consistency within me. There is no clarity within me. So I am looking for those around me to tell me, am I worthy? And if I make that my guide in my pathway, I can never truly be at home within myself. So the reason we continue to do it is we are trying to figure out what can we do How can we be such that we will be seen, celebrated, and valued, right? If I make the determination that it's like living from polls, right, from political or social polls, that whatever other people think or deem is good, let me try to imitate that and then people will call me good. And if you hear that, you can hear the fallacy, the problem in crafting a life like that. Then I will never truly come home. I will always be in search of how can I imitate that which is valued. And I want you to know that there is a home that exists beyond who your parents or your supervisor, or the media determines is good, is smart, is worthy, is beautiful. I want you to know that there is an inner knowing, an inner awareness, an inner clarity that can stand even in opposition to the society in which you live. So my society may determine that I am not reflective of what they value. And then I have to decide, am I going to co-sign that? Am I going to be in agreement with that? Am I going to align with that? You know, I grew up in Baltimore, Maryland, and Baltimore is not so different from other places where there is white supremacy and beautyism, where the idea of having dark skin and a broad nose and natural hair was not celebrated, was not called beautiful. Now, am I going to wait for white supremacy to declare my worth or my beauty? Am I going to deny it because magazines don't agree with me? I could do that, and I would live my life homeless emotionally, homeless, disconnected, from myself. So a big part of our tendency to compare is us trying to figure out how to be celebrated and seen as worthy. And there are all kinds of things that continue to keep it going. A big part now is with social media. And so we see what other people are posting and then people will question their own lives 
and values. And what I try to explain to clients is you are often comparing your most difficult moments to people's photoshopped best moments, right? Most people are posing for vacation pictures, taking a million selfies to get just the right light and just the right angle and putting on a big smile. And a friend of mine sent me something on Instagram where it said, you know, around Christmas, people were posting uh, all these pictures of their family in the matching pajamas. And so the post said, you know, you know, you all have been arguing, fussing and fighting all year long. And now you're sitting there in matching pajamas, right? So then here you are in your house with your family that doesn't have matching pajamas, that don't really get along, and you're looking at all these posts, and as you look at them, you're feeling worse and worse and worse, like you really missed out, like why didn't I come from a family that gets together and smiles and laughs during the holidays and has matching pajamas and drinks hot apple cider, right? And you don't know the fullness of the story after and before the picture. Yes. So you want to be careful, one, about comparing yourself, period, but two, also comparing yourself to people's presentation versus their truth, right? People present, we all present in particular ways. In psychology, it's called impression management. It's like we do our own PR, of how we want other people to see us. And often that is what you're getting in social media. The the person that a individual would like to be and what they would like to present of themselves to the world. And so to see that and assume perfection is problematic and untrue. Even before social media, some people would compare themselves to television shows and I remember talking to someone who was basically neglected and both of his parents lived with major mental illness and he basically grew up on television. So learning things from TV. And, you know, he was saying to me, now these people on TV have these exciting lives, but like who would want to watch my life when like I'm just walking to the store? Like nobody would want to watch that. Right. And so I had to actually talk to him about one, the people you're watching on TV. These are scripts and stories. And two, everybody has times that are not exciting to watch. Right. Even think of your biggest celebrity if they're just going to the store. Right. That is not something amazing to see. And yet we create this idea that I have to have constant and not even excitement, constant drama. Right. And that's what we see a lot with the with the reality shows is there has to be constant drama. And so then if I don't have drama going on, then it's boring or it's not real or in a toxic way, we'll even say it's not love. Right. If there's not drama and arguing, do they really care about me? So we have these falsehoods that are perpetuated by what we watch, what we observe that is not reflective of our authentic humanity. So what do we lose as a result of the constant comparison? Well, we start to feel discouraged and diminished. 
we start to feel like we are less than. It feeds into our insecurity. And when we constantly compare ourselves to our ideals, it gives us a false sense of time where you are left thinking it's too late for you right? It's too late for you. And I know some of you who are younger are not going to want to hear this, but (laughs) my mom has a good friend who just got divorced maybe in her 30s and just got remarried at 70. And she's like, it was worth the wait. And I know you all do not want to, (laughs) you do not want to hear that. But These stories we have told ourselves of when things are supposed to happen can be a setup for disappointment and for frustration. And when we are young, we create these timelines, right? We're like, you know, by 20, I'm going to do this, by 22, by 23, by 25, by 27, by 30, right? And then life shows up and then reality shows up and then unfolding happens and it may not in most times does not match the fantasy of your timetable. And so it can cause you even to give up when it's not over, right? It's not over because you just turned 30. It's not over because you turned 40. Life is not over because you turned 50. Life is not over. So there is the journey and learning to appreciate where I am in the journey and appreciating, celebrating, having gratitude for my now instead of always waiting for when this happens, then I'll be happy. When I get this, then I'll feel good. When I have this, everything will be lined up and complete. And so it creates falsehoods and causes a version of perfectionism where I cannot enjoy my life until these particular things happen. And I wonder about your willingness today to be present where you are and to see the good in your present. Can you see the gift of where you are now. Now, it doesn't mean we're settling. It doesn't mean give up on what you're working on or working toward, but can I see the blessing in my current reality? And there are some, there are some blessings for where you are right now. And so I start to take note of them, appreciate them, dwell on them, think about them. And then what I also need to do is start focusing on my strengths. Right. Because what happens when we do these social comparisons, we tend to compare ourselves with what other people have that we don't have. And the things that we do have going for us, we take for granted. I see this all the time when I point out to clients their strengths, they will dismiss it. Right. Like, oh, that like that's nothing. And so the things that come easier for us or the things that we have had throughout our lives, we erase them, we don't acknowledge them, we don't appreciate them, we look for what's missing. We look for what we have decided is missing. What we have decided we did not receive. We tend to focus on what other people have that we want while overlooking what we have. So I want to invite you this week to start making a list of what you have, what you have received, what has gone right in your life. We can often list what went wrong, who let us down, what were the disappointments. Well, what was good? 
right? To be able to reflect on what was good past tense and what is good now. You know, even around this issue of finance and wealth, I work with people across the financial spectrum. And one of the things I see is no matter what people have, they think it's not enough, right? No matter Now, you could double your income, which if I said that to you today, that would sound great. And then I catch up with you, you know, in a year or two when you have that double and, you know, still now living paycheck to paycheck and not feeling good about it and not feeling like it's enough. And so we have to learn to shift our perspective so that our eyes do not always gravitate toward the gaps, but look at the fullness right? Looking at what's in the cup, right? And what I carry and what I can appreciate about my life. And then really getting comfortable with our imperfections, right? John Legend has a song, it's a love song, and he's talking about, I think, even loving the crooked edges, right? So for ourselves, instead of looking at other people that we have deemed perfect, right? And then being bothered or upset by our imperfections. Can I, even as I'm perhaps working on them, accept those things about myself? And then the things that are not in my hands to change is just a part of my makeup or who I am to accept that, right? And to see, you know, what was the beauty or the gift of that, right? So I I grew up going to Baltimore public schools, right? And I've been in some circumstances where, you know, people who were in the conversation all went to private school and, you know, were kind of talking in a very demeaning way about public education and about people who went to public school. Now, am I going to sit there feeling less about myself because I didn't grow up going to private school? Or can I look back at public school number 66 and, oh, I had some good times there, right? I made some beautiful friends there. I had some teachers who really cared about and invested in me there. I used to every year do the oratorical contest and get up and make speeches on the stage of Mount Royal Elementary and Middle School, right? So I glory in that, not spending my life like, oh no, you know, these other people had these experiences and I didn't get that, right? Well, guess what? I'm grown right? I'm not going through school again. <laughs> like it's, there's no, there's no repeat. I can't like, I can't have a do over. And so I recognize that there are some things that perhaps I did not get that definitely I did not get because of the school not having the most resources. And I also recognize that there is some gift that came from that season of my life and that shaped me and that I, I celebrate. I, I authentically genuinely embrace as, you know, to know me, that's a part of me. That's a part of me. So what are the areas in your life that you cannot do over, right? And I I will say for those who are trauma survivors, that we don't have to gloss over and try to make something good that was terrible, right? Because that's, that's not the narrative. It just means that even for the traumas I survived, they could have been the end of me, but I'm so glad that they were not. I'm so glad that even the traumas you experienced, that you outlived it, 
that you outlasted it. And so I don't glory. I don't celebrate what was done to you, but I celebrate that you made it and that you are healing and restoring. And so as we continue to think about not getting caught up in constant comparison, it also means I don't engage in knocking other people down. Because comparison is not only about us wishing we had what other people had or envying other people or feeling ashamed of ourselves, but some people, and there may be some who are listening, who will put others down as a way of trying to pump themselves up. And that also is a lack of homecoming. You are not at home within yourself if to feel good about yourself, you have to demean, you have to insult, you have to ridicule, you have to gossip about other people. That is a very shaky identity. It is a very insecure identity that is built on you standing on someone else's head, right? And so when I talk about releasing constant comparison, I mean not only comparing yourself to people you think are better, but also comparing yourself to people you have judged as worse, right? Either judgments about um feeling you look better, or you dress better, or you deserve better, or you talk better, or you're more educated, or you're more talented, right? That do you know when you come home to yourself, you can enjoy you without needing to put anybody else down? That you can really be at home with and comfortable with you without needing to announce that you are more worthy? than someone else. And so we, on this journey home, recognize the saying that the sky is big enough for all the stars to shine. So seeing someone else shine doesn't have to intimidate me or make me insecure or make me feel like less. Their shine takes nothing away from me. And likewise, I don't need to eclipse or cover up or sabotage somebody else from shining because I think there's only room for me. That's not it, right? And so we release the constant comparison, whether comparing up or comparing down, but to be able to not only celebrate myself, but to see and celebrate my sisters and my brothers, to know that there is enough. You know, this is a trick of our society that creates these false competitions and false comparisons where the idea of I have to be the only, there's only enough love for a few, there's only enough resource for a few, there's only enough opportunity for a few. And so I go through life feeling like I have to climb over people. And I wonder if you could really Embrace the truth that there is space for you to be your full, great self without needing to trample on other people. I wonder if you can embrace that truth that other people being full, being great, does not diminish you. That is the reality of things. And so in your friendship circle and in your intimate circle, 
I hope you will connect with those where we can esteem each other, where we can build each other up, where we can affirm and celebrate each other, knowing there, there is room for all of us to shine. There is room. So I invite your soul to tell your heart, mind, body, and spirit, welcome home. Mm -hmm.